and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, we're just gonna, we're gonna play it fast and loose. I do not like... We're gonna play it fast like, and loosed? Fast and loosed? I also have a can to open. Well, open it. Yay! Hello! I poured... Hello! Welcome to Such Nasty Women. We're back in the same as ever, which means, guess what? An unreliable uploading schedule. <laughs> I poured entirely too much vodka into this glass. Oh, well, I'm drinking a high noon, so the vodka comes already in my can. <laughs> already in it. Let's let's see. I'm drinking a vodka Sprite because I opened the fridge and saw the Sprite and thought, that sounds really good. I'm drinking a watermelon high noon. Ooh, it tastes just like a watermelon Jolly Rancher. I'm really on to watermelon flavored things this summer. Um, Interesting. I mean, I think it's mostly due to Harry Styles <laughs> influence. But I just keep listening to watermelon sugar and then I'm like, oh, watermelon sounds good. I've had so many watermelon popsicles. And one thing I've been doing is, oh, and they came out with watermelon LaCroix, which really upped my game for, oh. my, for my weekend drinking. I get a big cup and I put in some tequila and some watermelon LaCroix, and a watermelon popsicle. It's delightful. That sounds delightful. I didn't know they made watermelon LaCroix now. It's very new. I saw it last time. Um, well, the last time I went to Target with some of the gays, and we tried to find a pool, and it didn't mm. work out, but I did get watermelon LaCroix, so... You win some, you lose some, some, you know? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> But I am, like, I really like, you know, I'm on in favor of all these companies coming out with, like, hard seltzers and stuff. Mm -hmm. I really like the high noon, but how come all the tequila that's in a can has to be a margarita? Like, I yeah, I would like all of I the handiness. I thought someone had a tequila soda. There is, like, one weird, like, brand that you can get, like, single cans from, like, Mariano's mm -hmm. or whatever you can't get like mm -hmm. a pack and you don't see them always they're like in like sure. weird little like tubs you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just like I like the convenience of a canned alcoholic beverage that's not beer mm -hmm. but I would like it to be tequila without all the sugar because yeah yeah margaritas and I can it's never a good idea no I used to drink those what are they like Limeritas. Yes. We're really Ugh. like they came out like right when I was like 21. So it was like, ooh, look at us. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. Anyway. Anyway. Who are you doing today, Jessica? I am doing Alice Ball. Have you ever heard of her? Um yes. Okay. I what do you know. what tell me about her? <laughs> That's her name. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I don't know. Just I hear lots of people's names. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um. Uh, well, so no one really knows about her, and we'll get into that a little bit. And it's because, guess what? White men are the worst. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I know. It's it's such an uncommon theme for this podcast. For this podcast, um, for the world. For the world. 2020 especially. It's like, who oh knew God. white men were so terrible? Who knew they were so bad? I posted so this, bad. I found this meme earlier today, I think, that was like, 
these countries have had a horrible response to, um, you know, COVID, a picture of all their leaders. And then it was like, and these countries have been praised for their excellent response. It was a picture of all their leaders. Top, all white men. Bottom, women. why is it so hard and i just saw like uh another instagram post of like a video of like a group of i don't know five-year-olds learning how to march and there was like boys up front and they couldn't like they were all like floppy couldn't figure it out didn't know how to march i guess and then behind them there's like a group of girls and they're like all in sync got their arms and legs moving together just marching away i'm just like why are men why? just like so bad at everything and why, why are, are they in charge children of to march i don't know jessica it's just an instagram you got to learn somehow oh yeah cuz i march every day so you know there was really a period in your life charge. when you did okay that was different this is a different kind of marching. Roll step. <laughs> I like to forget about that time in my life. I don't know why. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's a great fun fact about our lives that we were in color guard. It's going to be one of the things where like, you know, if either of us has a Wikipedia page one day, it's going to be like, oh, and they were on color guard there in high school. And someone's going to be like, I need more information about that. <laughs> you don't though like it's it's very self-explanatory we threw flags into here's your more information we threw <laughs> we threw some flags into the air on a, a regular basis i was very afraid that during one move where we had to take the flag in a really big circle behind our back that i was going to send the smallest band member who was also a piccolo player just flying across the field because he was right behind me and I couldn't see anything that was happening back there. And if I lost control of that flag, he would have lost his He would have taken him out. He would have died. <laughs> but luckily, you mastered the use of that flag. Yeah, I was very good. It's a very good color guard member. Anyway, it was Alice Ball in the color guard. <laughs> <laughs> uh no well look at so, me doing transitions though pretty good look at you <laughs> look at you um full disclaimer mm-hmm. um well you know this but i'm explaining to the listeners oh, that yeah. i was going to do eleanor roosevelt mm-hmm. and i got about halfway through research because that bitch did so much and mm-hmm. i was just like you know i feel really uncomfortable doing a white woman right now <laughs> Yep, fair. So, so here we are. Especially because, like, we were gonna, we have been talking about doing. What are you doing? Sorry, <laughs> I get distracted. It's hard for me it's to just so- listen. It's hard for me to it's- sit here and just listen. It sounds like you were, you know, those scissors that like cut patterns. Uh-huh. Like it sounded like you were just like opening and closing those scissors. Oh, over no, and over I was again. just, I have a notepad in front of me and I was just uh, like sliding my fingernails through it. Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, but especially because we were talking about doing, we've been talking about doing um, f- like some first ladies during July for like, like maybe since this podcast started. Yes. And every year it just feels a little inappropriate to just do four white women. 
Well, also, like, originally with that plan, I think we were going to do, like, all the first ladies. and Maybe. It's like, you get, you, like, try to start with Marcia, Martha Washington, and it's just like, why am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> there's, and yeah. since I already did Michelle Obama, there's probably yeah. really only, like, three or four worthwhile first ladies anyway. Well, yeah, we, we went down a list, and we were like, I don't know who this bitch is. I don't know who this bitch is. Like, and what some does she of them, do? Oh, like, nothing. Yeah, I just know their name. I don't think they did anything. Like, all right, uh-huh. first ladies that did shit. Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, mm. Hillary Clinton, uh, yep. Jackie O. Uh huh. Kind of. She was an icon. Yeah. Um, um, Michelle Obama. Yeah, and of course. That about taps it out. <laughs> no, there's one more. Who we were talking? Oh, Lady Bird Johnson did some things. Did she? I just like her name. I don't know that she did anything, but like I'm Lady Bird sure is a fun name. I don't know. We'll see if we ever do it one day. We'll find out if she ever did something. This is of importance to you to know more about your first ladies, and maybe we'll do them when we, um, when we feel like it. (laughs) When we feel like it, you know, (laughs) which is how we do anything in this podcast. Um, Because it's our podcast. did, Did you see the really nice Twitter DM we got like a week ago, two weeks ago? No. Oh, it's really nice. I'll read it. I'll read Great. it because I want to shout her out. Well, she asked if we had a PayPal, and I was like, uh, no. You can Venmo me directly. Uh. <laughs> um, so then she um, DM'd us. Her name is Patricia underscore K-M-I-E-C on Twitter. Um she just said that the podcast is great. I don't know how active you are anymore, but I'm a professor in Canada teaching a super rushed slash chaotic slash quarantine time course this summer on the history of women's activism, which is cool and fine, except for my boss tells me a couple weeks before it starts that it can't just be about Canada. It has to include the U.S. too, which, oh my God, how dare you? We are asking teachers to do too much. And she said, I don't know U.S. history. I teach Canadian history, so I binge your podcast, and now I'm all set. Oh, <laughs> <she> no. Said, <laughs> I think... <She> said, <laughs> all to say, you two are basically professors now, thought you should know. <laughs> Lifelong dream achieved. Forget the doctorate in women's studies. This is all I've wanted. I knew having this podcast would equate a doctorate to me. And so here we go. <laughs> Guess we can close up shop now. Never do an episode, another episode again. Goodbye. <laughs> also, like, I hope you're doing your fact checking because <laughs> it's going to be a... I would love to see it like an actual syllabus, like actually based off of our podcast, which just like oh, no. the section titles are things like war leather jackets. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know. Um, the like the three okay white dudes in history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still mad about that one message we got. Just like yeah, well. During the episode that we were the most nice to men we probably ever have been. It's like, I really don't yeah. think you're giving these men enough credit. I was like, did you even listen? Anyway. Anyway. Uh, that makes me very happy that she's listening. Um, you know, I love academia. 
Yes, yes, I am aware of this. I'm expecting any day now for you to come back and be like, you know what, I just have to go back to school. Oh, I mean, in Maybe. a couple of years, I'm. there's no way I'm gonna die without a PhD in women's studies, Jessica. Like, I'm gonna get it. Okay. But a doctorate like that is um, a lot easier to get by just taking like a couple of classes at a time sure. for like a while. And then I can write my little dissertation. Sure. Just a little dissertation, just a few hundred pages. You could write, I would love if you could write your dissertation on this podcast and all that you've learned. Mm. <laughs> Feminism and women's history through a oral Through medium. the wine glass. <laughs> Instead of through the looking glass. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah. I got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. A podcast studio through the of shot one. class. <laughs> I would have to go back and you know listen to some of the episodes to see what I've learned. So, another full disclosure: I like I started doing research on this woman, and I was like, I just have no idea if Savannah has maybe done her already because you do a lot of the like episodes where it's a lot of people in oh, one. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, and she's va- like, she's connected to the medical field. And so I had to go back and listen to um, <laughs> the doctor's episode because I was like, I don't know. It's possible. But I think I'm I did sure. a lot of like old, I don't think I really old. did any modern people. It was like, this person was accused of witchcraft, but really they were a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I listened to like the first five minutes and then you're like, I did the first six um recorded instances of a woman being a doctor and i was like okay well we're okay then Mm -hmm. um because alice ball was born in 1892 something with the heart no okay when was she born 1892 great for her well (laughs) a mere 400 years after columbus sailed the ocean blue (laughs) As a uh, black woman, it wasn't the best time for her to be born, no, no. but. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, <laughs> what time in history would be good for a black woman to be born? True. Very, very true. So I looked up because I because I'm really bad about timelining after the Civil War. Because I just like, mm-hmm. you know, there's Reconstruction, there's the repeal of the Civil Rights Act, there's Plus versus Ferguson, there's, you know, uh, Brown versus Board of Education. And I, I just don't know, remember the like, the years that all of that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, I like looked up, you know, 1892, Black American history, and it gave me this like timeline of basically like, after Reconstruction through like early 1900. And every year on this timeline, there's like a section for how many people they think were lynched in that year. So not a great year, not a great um, time period to be alive as a black person in America. So (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say America, not really the best history with black people, you know, all around. So, So you know, you know, especially well not especially now just all the time yeah but Um, you know 1890 not enslaved but like not good definitely not uh quote-unquote equal um 
No. <laughs> yeah, not even like like legally. Um. So in 1892, the year that she was born, there were 161 um, known lynchings, which is just so many. But yeah, anyway, but, but you know, less than I was expecting, honestly. But sure, not okay. good. That just speaks no. more to American history than to yeah. you know any people being lynched is too many people being lynched. So, mm-hmm. but she was born in Seattle, so like. An okay place, I think, to live. Um, she was born to James Presley and Laura Louise Ball, but on her birth certificate, her parents are listed as white, and I, they think that that was because they were attempting to help her like pass in white society, even okay. though like her, she like born to was like born to a middle-class family, was supposedly, like, well-off. Her father was um, the newspaper editor of The Colored Citizen, and he was a lawyer. And her um, grandfather was a famous photographer. So, like, she grew up, like, pretty well-off. You know, still, obviously, not, like, super, but um, had more opportunity than, I think, a lot of um, African Americans certainly did during this time. Sure. Um, well, it really depends where you are, because there was a period directly after the Civil War where, like, actually, um, black people were able to like gain some traction. There were actually a handful of people that made it into Congress, etc., into local positions of government. But then once mm-hmm. that started to happen, white people were like, "Whoa, hold up." <laughs> Whoa. We freed you from slavery. We're not going to give you, you know, actual rights. Um, and so then they sort of backtracked on that. Um, uh-huh. So, uh-huh. you know, it was very it was very middling at the time. There was opportunity for them to, like, get opportunities, basically. But mm-hmm. also, you know, still a whole culture of racism and just white yeah, people being the worst. So. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, not a lot, obviously, is really known about her um, early life. She graduates high school in 1910. She studies chemistry at the University of Washington and earns a bachelor's degree in pharmaceutical chemistry, which sounds horrible, and then another bachelor's degree in pharmacy. Like, how Um, many, like, women and or black people were in those programs at the time? Do you have any idea? Probably. I have no idea, because but I feel probably like she was probably like the only one. I feel like probably like in 1910, there were like women. What? You yeah. know how to read? Yeah. Why don't you have a baby? <laughs> yeah. This is I mean, in a kitchen. What are you doing here? So it doesn't say anything. So, well, I'll talk about her master's program in a while, which she was the first black woman. She was the first black person and the first black woman to graduate from master's. Um, from this college but um, it doesn't say anything about her undergraduate if she was like the only one in her program or or what but I mean I think we can assume if she wasn't the only she was one of two <laughs> yeah I'm glad on a limb and just give her she was the only one <laughs> she was the only one there we go we yep. just decided this is you know Look, um, this is not like white men just decided they did shit all the time and wrote it down true. and were like I did that and I was like no you did not 
Oh, just wait. Great. <laughs> um, so she published, um, while she was in school and for her um, undergrad, she published a 10 page article titled Benzoylations in Ether Solution. Oh, I think I've read that. <laughs> did you did you come across that in your law studies um no that was more an undergraduate sure 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 so this was in the journal of american chemical society and like oh well i am a subscriber <laughs> i know i just like wait i just can't can't wait for my uh journal once a week those um, come out once a month jessica or usually whatever. usually quarterly actually my once a quarter chemical society journal article. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so obviously like publishing an article in like such a like crazy, well-respected journal was like not only a big deal because she was a woman, but a big deal because she was a black woman. Mm-hmm. So that just goes to show you sort of like how smart she was and how, dedicated to chemistry she was which but okay you know whatever i choose your passion um like a math or a science thing is like if you're good at that can be in some ways easier for women to succeed because it's like you very clearly like got the right answer or like yeah specific results from your experiment or whatever where if the you're bar just like, isn't so subjective. Right. Because if you're just like, I'm writing a book, they can just be like, well, that's trash because it's about women things. And we don't no. like that. No. no one wants to read about women things. I certainly but don't. They can't be like, you did that science too womanly. I mean, I'm sure they could try. <laughs> but Ma'am, ma'am, your boobs got two in the way. <laughs> I just can't see my chest tubes because my boobs are in the way. <laughs> My delicate female hands are having trouble grasping the instruments. Ma'am, ma'am, are you sure you uh you weren't on your your, your period when you came up with these results? Because like, I don't know, I don't know about them. Oh, you're right. I actually just bled all over it. My bad. <laughs> really threw off the <laughs> chemical balance of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um. Wikipedia then says, after graduating, <laughs> oh yeah, we're doing we're doing Wikipedia. <laughs> Are you just reading me a Wikipedia article right now? <laughs> no, I that got, sounded got, like yes. No, I've got Wikipedia. I've got scientificwomen.net. I got the bygone badass broads book that I have. It's not like a lot, but it's definitely more than just a Wikipedia page. Okay. Well, does um, what did you call it? Feminist science, science, what? Scientificwomen.net Scientificwomen.net <laughs> Does that talk about how um, how to keep your boobs out of the science? <laughs> um, not that I uh, have seen, but I haven't read the article, the um, website, um, like cover to cover. cover. <laughs> what do you? How do you? How do you read a website like um, completely, <laughs> page by page, page? To page? I'm sure you have to say some sort of weird HTML code <laughs> language. I read that HTML to HTML. <laughs> Begin page but, to end page. Home page to to contact page. <laughs> Even all the FAQs. 
<laughs> but anyway, Wikipedia just says, after graduating, Ball was offered many scholarships. And I'm just like, scholarships? For for what? Horseback riding. For life? Like, <laughs> like zero explanation of that was given. So she... um. She ends up going to the College of Hawaii Ooh. to to get her master's nice. degree in chemistry. Treat yourself. You're like, do it, I have to study chemistry? Yes, but can I do it in Hawaii? Also, yes. Also, yes. Um, Win some, lose some. And I'm pretty sure, and I meant to look this up, but I'm pretty sure at this point Hawaii is not yet a state. But maybe I'm wrong about that. Hold on. Uh, shouldn't you know? <laughs> Oh yeah, from that, that from that podcast I did that one time. Yeah, I remember exactly when that happened. I think it was in like the eighteen, the late eighteen hundreds, but I have no idea. Actually, well, nineteen forty eight. Does the last movie come to state in nineteen forty eight? No. So it looks like it was a territory in nineteen eighteen ninety eight. But it didn't become a state until 1954. So I was right. Hawaii is not a state yet. It didn't become a state until 1959. When my dad was born, there were only 49 states. That's That's wild. One day, we're going to finally make Puerto Rico a fucking state. And it's going to be be great. We should also make DC a state. Yes, we should. To keep it in. Because, like, no one wants 51 states. That's weird. Or because the residents of D.C. deserve representation? Well, yeah, also that. Oh, but no, but... we need an even number of stars <laughs> on our stupid a... flag. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, she goes. She goes to the College of Hawaii. Right, She's living amongst the palm trees, studying okay. some chemistry. Wearing a sarong, but also uh, science goggles. Yeah, it's amazing. It's wonderful. I'm sure she's nice and warm and a lab coat, living a great life, and a bikini. <laughs> That's probably inappropriate in some way, but all right. Why the lab coat covers you, so you I don't, can I, but do I think lab you're supposed stuff. To, I think you're supposed to wear stuff under your lab coat. Like I don't think you can just be like in your underwear, essentially. Should I have a bikini on, Jessica? (laughs) Maybe a grass, a sensible grass skirt. Okay, well, that's cultural appropriation. Yeah, I was just like, that was cultural appropriation. (laughs) But... So, her thesis involved studying the chemical properties of the kava plant species. What is that? Why? I don't know. a kava plant? Um, a, a, a plant. Uh, what do you want from me what do you to know what a kava plant is that's all i want from you they're harvested after a minimum of four years does that help you (laughs) (laughs) they're bitter they're from hawaii well sure it makes sense that you would kava is consumed for its sedating effects oh that's why she was studying it because it can sedate people and that's fun that is fun. But she was like, I'm going to get everyone just hell asleep. Hell asleep. 
I'm going to get hell everyone asleep. hell asleep. <laughs> so because of her research on this specific plant and her understanding of the chemical makeup of plants, can you tell that I am reading this from the Wikipedia article? <laughs> um, this reminds me a lot of um, when I did Sonia Kovaleski. I was and, like, so much about of her, that. Her I was like, having math. flashbacks to us sitting in what is now my dressing room. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Recording that like just after I moved into this apartment. <laughs> and now I am sitting in my closet. I am sweating because there's sitting no in a closet again. Airflow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was approached by Dr. Harry T. Holman to study the Chalmugra oil and its chemicals, chemical properties. I will tell you what Chalmugra oil is. Right. There's some debate over what plant it like originally like came from. Like essentially, like a lot was written about this plant, but like it was kind of secretive. But it's been used in like for like medicinal properties since like the 1300s yes. um and it was the like number one treatment for leprosy for hundreds of years ah so leprosy <clears throat> leprosy is a disease that has been um the like dna evidence um has shown that it has been around since at least like one CE, but there's like references as far back as like I mean, 400 CE. Yeah, it's like it's got it's definitely older than that because it's in the Bible. So there's actually a debate about whether or not the references in the Bible are actually leprosy as like it's known in its current form or if it's like just a different skin disease. Mm. But like, so essentially, like, what if the those word... people just had like eczema and they were like, oh. Oh, I, think there's a big, I think there's a big difference between eczema and like raised skin lesions all over your body that hurt a lot i like if i'm just going out on a limb there that I eczema think that can be pretty bad like some people get bad eczema that is raised skin lesions but i but i'm pretty sure that like you can have like parts of your body fall off with leprosy so like Gross. but that was the kind of thing where they were they were just like the word that was used like could have been referring to specifically leprosy but it also could have just been referring to like it could have just been eczema yeah well um, also like it could have just been like a general term for like skin disease or whatever because yeah yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like they had super advanced medicine and it's be like i don't know something's wrong with her skin something's wrong i don't know um, so obviously this disease has a lot of like bad PR um <laughs> <laughs> people didn't like it that much shockingly um and there really hasn't been up until this point a, an, a good way to treat it um and so you know I I went a little into like you know people would be exiled it wasn't as bad as like a lot of people assumed it was it would be but like during this time especially people who got it in hawaii were exiled to one specific island which um, island um i am looking for it molokai ah yeah it's really clear things <laughs> up for me yeah yeah, yeah so they I were like arrested. Island so well 
Uh-huh. Yeah. All of them? Can you name them? Name them all. Hawaii. Oahu. <laughs> that one you just said. <laughs> Waikiki. Is that an island? I don't think so. I think that's a beach. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a Hawaiist. Only a lioness. <laughs> Only a lioness. Um, that joke I don't even think is on this podcast. I mean... It's one that has been, I mean, it comes up with me and the gays on like a semi-regular basis, but I don't think we've ever, ever said it on the podcast. Maybe we have. Sure. Maybe. I mean, we probably oh, have. I Who just knows? speak into the ether. Who knows what comes out of here? Who knows? Um, so, um, Chalmugra oil has been used as a treatment, um, for leprosy and for like other skin conditions, like since the 1300s, but it's not like the most effective because it's like, it's one, it's really, really stick sticky. So like it, yeah. I mean like, like imagine rubbing like, like honey all over your body and like expecting that to help you. So like it would help, but you just had to do it so much and so often that it was like cumbersome. I don't even really like to put like an aloe vera gel on me after a shower. Uh-huh. It's too sticky. I don't like it. Yeah, but it feels so good. And then um, some people tried to inject it into the skin, but it would cause like, like essentially it didn't um, dissolve in your bloodstream well enough. So it would cause like really painful, like blisters essentially, but like under the skin. Oh, just like, yeah. don't be, be injecting stuff into you. That's not. Yeah. yeah. So it, it essentially, um, one of the articles I read said, um, these blisters formed in a perfect rose and made the skin look as if the patient's skin had been replaced by bubble wrap. Oh, gross. Yeah. Yeah. And they couldn't ingest it because it was like, it was so gross that they couldn't keep it down. Like everyone would like vomit if they like tried to like eat it. Nice. Yeah. So, so like it helps, like if you can do it, if you can stand all of the like bad side effects, like you could be eventually cured of leprosy, but like it was really difficult. What are the side effects of leprosy? Like how bad Um, does it hurt? I think it hurts really bad. All right. Like, I think it's like something and, and not, it's, I don't think it's, it's like just the side effects too. I think it's the fact that it's such a... Like, you're essentially an outcast in society. Sure. Um, did you know that there, like, leprosy obviously still exists today, and there are, like, 200 cases a year in the United States. Can you imagine, like, going to the doctor and them telling you that you have leprosy? I'd be like, the fuck? <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me? <laughs> it's just like, I mean, I guess people still probably get scurvy today, but it's just like, what? yeah, Like, you did something wrong. What do you yes. mean you got leprosy? Yeah. It can't be transmitted sexually. Oh, well, that's good, I guess. It also can't be... Tra- I'm not 100% sure how it's, like, actually transmitted. Because, like, like a handshake can't transmit it, but, like, prolonged exposure, I guess. Um, King Henry VI was thought to have leprosy as well. Which is, you know, interesting. Yeah, I was like, oh cool for him i guess (laughs) or not cool you know whatever um so 
so, um, this doctor, Dr. Harry T. Holman, like, was trying to study. Oh, everything Sorry. okay? Yeah, I was just saying, I was going to my refrigerator to get another beverage. Sure, sure. Um, so he wanted to study this oil. He wanted to see if there was a way that you could make it more easily something. Just, like, more easily ingestible or... Um, injectable. Injectable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Spreadable. So they... Um, so uh, during this time, at when they're studying this, and I don't know timeline-wise, because it doesn't tell me, but she becomes the first woman and the first black American to graduate with a master's degree from the College of Hawaii. And she also becomes the first black American and the first woman professor at the College of Hawaii's chemistry department. So she's just, you know, smashing glass ceilings all over the place. Um, And also, she's studying this oil. So then, um, at the age of 23, she's 23, she develops a technique to make the oil injectable. So essentially, okay, I'll read what it says to you. Uh Or what it like, you know, the scientific term. Her technique involved isolating ester compounds from the oil and chemically modifying them, producing a substance that retains the oil's therapeutic properties and was absorbed by the body when injected. AKA, she made it so that it can dissolve in your bloodstream. Yeah, I like your um, your science reading voice. My science voice? Thank you, thank you. I um, I used to be an actress. Like, so I think that science is a fairy tale of made-up words. <laughs> And that's how you read it. Because it is. It is, a, it is a fairy tale of made up words. Okay. <laughs> so she made this like huge discovery. It's like a really cool thing. They are um, they're like testing it to see if um, it'll help cure um, leprosy. And then she dies. Oh, okay. Yeah, she um. Now it's her the her. Um, the guy no, no. Um, she. Her official um, reason for death was stated as tuberculosis, but a lot of people think that um she died of chlorine poisoning when she was like giving a lecture. She was exposed to chlorine, oh. which apparently in gas form is bad for you. I guess. Yes, it is. It's very bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a shame I love it in my pool so much. I mean, I, like, I don't know. Um, you so, love it in your pool? Yeah, I love it in my pool. <laughs> you heard me. Right. So, unfortunately, she dies. It's very sad. She wasn't able to publish her findings. So, Arthur L. Dean, a okay. chemist and... Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you are correct. So I he like, going. yeah, he took her work. He like expanded a little bit further. He published her findings and made it, um, and called his the like method of extraction the Dean method. He never gave her credit. He named the technique after himself. Um, in nineteen twenty. A physician in the Journal of American Medical Association reported that 78 patients had been discharged um, being cured of leprosy after the injection of the oil. Um, And this treatment remained the, like, 
preferred method of treatment until like better drugs were developed in the 40s because you know science is always expanding um so like it wasn't until so she died in 1916 it wasn't until 1922 where um the original guy who she was working with like the guy who came to her and said Uh hey let's study this thing let's try to find a cure for leprosy harry t holman yes harry t holman (laughs) He finally published a paper giving her credit to it. Um, oh, and that's then, like, nice of him. it is nice, but like a little too late, bro. Like, that is that's six years after she died. After he's like, lets this other dude like publish the paper and like take credit and whatever. Um, and so he names it the ball method of the like calling the injectable form of the this oil or whatever. So, um, it wasn't until 1970 that two professors at the University of Hawaii, like, searched the archives and found her research. So, like, it wasn't until 1970 when she was, like, officially credited as the, like, inventor of this thing. I mean, good for those professors. Right? I am very Um, glad to be doing research in the age of the computer. Uh huh. Oh my god, I know. Search through like microfiche or just like boxes of paper documents. I Mm -hmm. would scream. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I can't even imagine. But at the same time, like, how cool would it be to like do all of that and then like find the like one thing, like find that like that piece of paper you were looking for or whatever, like how rewarding that must be rather than just like typing in kava plant into the internet and finding the Wikipedia page, which is what I did earlier during this episode. Yeah. But like you would never get anything done. Like that's why it's so exciting because that's all you got done in three months. You found that, that piece of paper. That is true. So it was 1970 when her, she was credited. It was 2000 when the University of Hawaii finally honored um, her by dedicating a plaque uh, <laughs> on a tree. Yeah, love a what tree a, plaque. What a great honor! <laughs> it was on that same day a that tree. the former the trees are out to get me. <laughs> well, I think spiders are out to get me. So. Aren't we just a match made in a jungle? <laughs> so on the same day as the plaque, Maisie Hirono, who was the lieutenant governor of Hawaii at the time, declared February 29th Alice Ball Day. Her day is only celebrated <laughs> every four years. And I am Isn't fucking Maisie furious Hirono about it. the current senator from Hawaii? Yeah, I believe so, yes. Well, I've got some words for her. I have got some words. How dare you? We already give black people February, the shortest fucking month of the year. And then we're going to give this woman who wasn't credited for her work one day every four years. But, but, but pizza day, international day of pizzas once a year. Well, we need that. Pizza really doesn't deserve or doesn't get the recognition it deserves, okay? Enough people aren't aware of pizza. <laughs> it's impressive qualities. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
And where would we be without International Pizza Day? Isn't every day International <laughs> Pizza Day? I don't know, but I think I might order some pizza. After I this. was just like, man, I guess I could order pizza. <laughs> and I already oh, ate some pizza today. So, so yeah, so uh, that was that's Alice Ball. Um, I'm for I'm gonna be angry about um her for probably a whole week. And um, we're going to go from there, I guess. I thought that it would be good to do, um, I thought this was sort of uh, topical as we are currently searching for a uh, cure to a disease that is ravaging our country and not the world anymore because we're fucking stupid. Um, Yeah, just some parts of the world that are equally stupid. And like, how great would it be if the person who discovers... A vaccine is a woman because that's what I'm really rooting for. And then we can talk about her one day. Sure. You don't really so, like to do alive people, so uh, well. The idea that. We but I mean, you know, in in forty years, when we'll still be doing this podcast. I think whoever creates the vaccine probably is has like an equal like lifetime span as we do. You don't know. They're, I mean, you know, probably longer, Alice Ball died. Like a scientist. Alice Ball di- died at twenty-four. Think of the, what she could have done. She died more in December. Stuff with that oil. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> would have been a face oil by the time she was done with it. Do you say she died December thirty-first? Yeah, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna die, might as well do it at the end of the fiscal year. Really wrap up all your affairs evenly. Really really help out the administrator of your estate. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she had an estate as a black woman in 1916. Oh, she had, you know, like an apartment in Hawaii. Were women even allowed to own property at that point? I mean, not own it, but she could rent. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't really actually in Hawaii anything's fair game. I have no oh, idea that's about true. their land property laws. I feel like they're probably more progressive than the well, it is a, US. It I'm you know what I'm not gonna say it because I'm probably wrong and I don't wanna you know I was gonna well, say it we have never been wrong on this podcast before. So no, actually hurts. never never before. <laughs> let's not let's not quit our streak now. Um, in another, um, show of My Favorite Murder is copying us, they are going to just one murder a week now. What? And I'm like, I'm like, are you? Like a month at least. It's like the one podcast I I listen to now. I don't know why. I I don't listen to any podcast. I have not listened to any podcast in like two months. Every week I'm like, I'm gonna get back to it. And then Uh I don't. Well, I don't commute anymore, so yeah. what? What am I supposed to listen to podcasts? No, I, I completely, I completely agree. And I'm just like, since all I do is sit around looking at how bad the world is on my computer all the time, I don't really need a podcast to give me a summary of it. Because, like, sure, I got it. Mm-hmm. I know. <sighs> One day, maybe. For a little while, I was listening to um, "I Said No Gifts." Which is, I, I 
really like the other podcast that Exactly Right has been bringing on. Oh, yeah? Well, like a few of them, but I I can't. I don't have the time, you know? Sure. Um, is that all? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know. Um, well, we don't have to talk. We don't have to talk about that on the podcast. We can end the podcast right now. Yep. Um, you should find us on social media. You can just you can just search your smart people. You made it through a whole podcast about uh, history, kind of, and so <laughs> history you know, kind of is the alternative name to our podcast. You know the name of this podcast is you're listening, but I'll tell you again, it's such nasty women, and you can find us on all the social medias, and just use your brain. Yeah, you guys are. I I, I believe in you. In fact, we'll make it a challenge. If you can find us, follow us, and we'll praise you on the podcast. If we remember. <laughs> but if you send us a message, we will most definitely talk about it because no one ever does that. That is true. And so slide into so those DMs and you'll get lots of praise like the Canadian professor did earlier today. Yep. Maybe I'll respond to her and be like, do you have an honorary PhD for me? Because if I didn't have to go to more school, well, then I could have two PhDs. Yeah, I was about to say, that's not going to stop you. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks okay, for listening. Bye. bye.